Verse 1. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. When we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung our, up our lyres. For there our captors required of us songs. And our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites. The day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed. Blessed shall he be who repays you with what you've done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. You can pick up on the raw emotion, can't you? The psalmist as he's soul is grief-stricken. And as he actually prays to God, for God to do something horrendous to his enemies. One of the things we see in this psalm this morning as we use this to unite our hearts together in prayer is that there can be times in the life of the believer when the soul is so overcome with grief and despair and sorrow and depression and downcast that he is simply too overcome to sing to God. Too overcome to sing praises to God. And we know this to be true. I asked you at the beginning this, this morning. You probably were able to think of a time, maybe even this morning, when you've pulled yourself up out of bed, you got here this morning, but it took everything you had to get here to come to worship God. The fact is there are seasons of life that are marked by great disappointment, Great defeat, great despair. When the heart becomes so grief-stricken that it becomes almost impossible, at least it feels like, to worship God, to voice upward to God praises that He is worthy of. This can happen on an individual level. Individually, when we go through seasons of affliction and hardship and tribulation, temptation to sin, spiritual dryness, persecution. It can happen on a corporate level. When the, the people of God begin to drift away from Christ. When the, when the church becomes more like the world. When the church's view of God becomes inadequate from the God that He is. When the church becomes about man-centered entertainment, about making sure everyone leaves with a smile on their face, making sure everyone leaves feeling like, you know, that, that was time well spent. There can be seasons of despair in the soul where it just seems like, God, where are you? And that's precisely the kind of trauma that the psalmist felt when he wrote Psalm 137. He's reflecting on here in this psalm the most traumatic event in the Old Testament church's history, at least during their lifetime, when they'd been taken captive by the Babylonians. And we see that there in verse 1. By the waters of Babylon we sat and we wept and we remembered Zion. And that whole 
thing had just sucked the air right out of them. They were so deflated. They couldn't worship. Even their, their captors there, uh, they, they, their beloved temple had been destroyed by their captors in Jerusalem. They were now living in a foreign land, and one of the things the text says is even our captors mock us. They put our lyres, our instruments of worship, they hang it up on a willow tree, and they say, come on, monkey, sing. Sing to God. Let's hear your praises to God. They're mocking God. They're mocking the people of God. And why this exile? It's God's judgment upon them. For centuries, God had been warning them because of their drift away from Him, judgment was coming. But as it was delayed, they inevitably, oh, he's not serious about it. It's not a real thing. Well, it occurred. And now they find themselves grief-stricken, their soul empty. And what we see here in Old Testament Israel is, can happen in the life of a believer. So what do we do? We're here this morning. Are we just resolved to, well, I'm here. God should be grateful for that. No. We gather this morning to seek the face of God who is worthy of praise. We've seen in past weeks, he's jealous for his glory. He's not happy with our attendance. He, he seeks from us hearts that are purely seeking him. So what must we do? Exactly what the psalmist does. We pray for grace. We resolve in our heart by grace. Despite my circumstances, despite how I view everything going on around me, despite how I view God, it doesn't seem like you're active. It doesn't seem like you're here individually, corporately. I'm resolved to know, see, you're on your throne. Verses 5 and 6. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. What's so great about Jerusalem? It's a place where God dwelt. It's a place where they, they went to meet with God. And so by grace, here the psalmist is, is resolving in his heart. He's refusing, despite everything in my flesh. I don't want to sing this morning. I don't want to stand up. I don't want to sing. I don't want to praise. But yet, I refuse to betray you. I refuse to betray you, my God. And there's a resolve here in verses 5 and 6. Despite everything going on, I'm going to treasure you because you're worthy. And I don't have the strength to do that myself. Lord, we pray for grace. We look to Jesus this morning, in whom the fullness of God dwells, who sits enthroned on, on His throne, who lived and died and rose again for the forgiveness of our sins this morning, so that even if we're empty because of something we've done, we can look to Jesus, run to the cross, there is forgiveness, and praise and treasure you as you're worthy of. This is what what the psalmist here is talking about. They had not been doing in Jerusalem, but now in Babylon, they are resolving, but we will do it because he's worthy. And it may be for us this week. Maybe worshiping God is not what we've done this week. Our situations, our life, maybe this has been one of those weeks where you're deflated, you're dry, you're disappointed, you don't understand where's God individually, where's God corporately, I've got so many questions. And I'm here, God. But God, you're worthy. You're worthy of our praise. You've sent your son Jesus in whom the fullness of God dwells. We're here to seek him together. In him is everything that we need. In him, everything holds together. In him, everything finds its amen. One day in him, we'll be able to, from a different perspective, look back and say, 
flaw was in me. I didn't see it. I didn't understand. But God, forgive me. I bow before you. You're worthy. 